One of the biggest pain points in the songwriting process can often be lyric writing. And sometimes a songwriter's response to that is simply to not really care about writing good lyrics because people don't listen to lyrics anyway, or at least that is what they tell themselves, which is sometimes somewhat accurate. There are certainly some people who do not care or notice lyrics, but there's also plenty of people who do, and the best way to make sure that all of the people who do care about lyrics will not care about your songs are if you don't care about lyrics. So lyrics do matter there. What the song is ultimately about, if your song is about a bunch of nothing that doesn't really matter or doesn't have lyrics that will move people, they probably won't stand the test of time as well as they would if you made sure to write great lyrics. So. Let's talk about three basic lyric writing tips. Hello friend, welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host as always, Joseph Vidala. Pleased and honored to be talking with you today. I appreciate the fact that you are willing to take some time out of your day to talk about songwriting, to listen to a podcast about songwriting, and it's also, of course, um, something that I do not take lightly that you have chosen, at least this time, to listen to this podcast. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that. We are talking about lyrics today. So in light of that, if you haven't already, be sure to check out my six-step lyric writing checklist. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Totally free. Link in the description as usual, or as always, I guess. Um, that breaks down the six steps that I go through. I think it makes lyric writing so much easier when we break it down into smaller, more doable steps rather than the whole stare at a blank page and say, all right, let's write lyrics, um, which sets ourselves up to fail. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check that out. But my first basic lyric writing tip is simply that meter is greater than rhyme. Meaning, meter is more important than rhyme. I think one of the probably bigger mistakes that I often see with newer songwriters, and the biggest flag of somebody being a novice songwriter, is super forced rhyming. And perfect rhyming, too. I'm talking about, like, you know, night and light type rhyming, right? Like, just the most perfect rhymes, uh, which is incredibly limiting in what you can say, which is a part of the danger of over rhyming is just it puts so many limits on the words that you can use and the different ways that you can word things because you're forcing yourself into perfect rhymes. And at the end of the day, the thing is that like n nobody notices if a song rhymes or not. Like, I've literally never heard somebody ever talk about, like, a song's rhyme scheme unless it's a negative thing. I feel like that's the only time you notice when people over-rhyme. Like, m most of these conversations are me uh, with train songs, uh, but I've actually heard other people give the same criticism of, like, their rhymes are just obnoxious and it's too much. It's like you know, every other word has to rhyme and it makes the lyric make no sense and it's overtly stupid. Um, especially songs like Hey Soul Sister, which is just absolute nonsense. Um, and if you like the song and you want to push back, 
look, go Google the lyrics and then, and then honestly tell me that those lyrics are not hot garbage. Um, it's okay if you like the song though, but anyway, rhyme scheme is helpful. I'm not discounting that. In fact, probably more than half of my songs, maybe most of them involve some rhyming. Now, it's not always perfect rhyming, and often, at best, the rhyme scheme is something where, you know, I have like an A-X-A-X type rhyme scheme, or, you know, X-A-X-A, where the X's don't actually rhyme with each other, they just can have any word they want at the end, um, which is one of the, which is less constraining than A-B-A-B, where every single line you're trying to rhyme with another line. And honestly, some, I don't even think about it. If, if I happen to fall into a rhyme scheme, I'll, I'll stick with it. But otherwise, I'll just not. Because it doesn't matter. Nobody notices. Uh, it can help to tie a lyric together in a more perfect way. Um, so certainly, if you can have the perfect word and also rhyme, go for it. Rhyming's not a bad thing. It's the over committing to rhyming that tends to be a bad thing because then it turns into you will say something completely different than what you mean to say and what you want to say simply to achieve the rhyme because rhyming is so limiting especially if we're talking about perfect rhyming slant rhyming can be more forgiving that's not really what we're talking about here um, although it also applies to that I think just a lot less so uh, but with perfect rhyming especially, I mean, if you just look up at, for example, rhymezone.com, which gives you rhymes, um, and, and it gives you, like, the, the bolded ones are the ones that are perfect rhymes, and the not bolded ones are imperfect. And it's so limiting. It's it's so it, Even with seeing, in theory, every single word that rhymes with the word you're trying to rhyme with, it's incredibly limiting. Sometimes you'll find the perfect word, and that's great. Sometimes it just won't be there. It just won't exist. So then the question comes up, well, I guess I got to change the line that I thought was perfect. And the reason I was looking for a rhyme for the last word of that line was because it was perfect as is. I don't want to change that line. I, I want the next line to make sure to rhyme. And soon you're making compromises like that or even worse, uh, you know, you're, you're most of the time making compromises like that. And we've all been there. Um, but that's an easy way to completely destroy our lyric because quick, quickly you find yourself saying not at all what you mean to say and, and you become a slave to the rhyme scheme rather than to what the song is about and communicating what you need to communicate, um, which, you know, Especially when the rhyme scheme is the rhyme scheme to me is is the same way that I view a chord progression. That just unbelievably overrated thing that people seem to think is the be all end all that you can almost throw out the window and the song will be fine, right? Like there there are songs where the chord progression is like two chords and nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean some people do obviously, but. People don't really notice, nor do they care. If the melody is great, if the lyrics are great, nobody's really paying attention to the chords. 
And that's different than a riff or a hook that happens to use chords like Smoke on the Water, for instance, uh, for all you guitarists out there. Like, I would argue that that is really a hook. It's a hook that utilizes chords, so it's technically also a chord progression, but really it operates as a hook because it's something that you would hum. In general, like, you wouldn't hum a chord progression. You would hum a hook, though, because a hook is very melodic by nature and functions more like melody than it does harmony. But anyway, I think rhyming is is that on the lyric side of things for songwriters, especially people who are newer to it, where they just way overvalue it and don't really think about how much it matters. And again, I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. Just compared to what we're talking about here, meter, it it clearly matters, I would say, less. Because meter, if you don't know, is the natural rhythm of words, right? So it's, it's what the rhythm of the words even spoken would be. So poetry, for example, has meter. So it's, it's something that is inherent to the words that doesn't really take into account melody. Now, me, our melody should match with the meter and they should complement each other and the emphases, the, the natural emphases within the words should match the emphases of the melody, otherwise it will be awkward, which is one part of this. With a rhyme scheme, it's, it's, if you don't have one, it doesn't get awkward without one. It absolutely gets awkward if the meter of your lyrics don't match with the meter that is naturally in your melody. That will be super awkward. If you have like a weird line where the the is emphasized and then the most important words are just sort of glossed over and and it's just a really, really quick way to, to make it sound super novice and super like what is going on. Like the, it, it's obvious that people just like forced lyrics into this melody where it, it doesn't belong. They don't they don't work together. They're not both on the same page. So if the meter is awkward, everyone will notice. Unlike the rhyming thing, I, I I bet you that you can find at least sections of one of your five or ten favorite songs um, that has either no rhyming or certainly not perfect rhyming, probably slant rhyming of of some kind, or, um, well, I guess I covered the main two, but that will have one of those. So not rhyming or or not perfect rhyming, uh, at least in a section if not in most sections, if not the whole song. Um, and it will be one of your favorite songs, and you probably will have never noticed. Um, and, and and also, just because as a person who cares deeply about logic, it, I, I want to nip this in the bud. Yes, if you're thinking, well, just because people don't overtly notice something doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And that's true. I, I agree with that. Um, but I would also say... If people notice it and it affects their enjoyment directly to the point that they definitely notice it, like when meter is awkward, if the wording is just weird and gnarly and it it just doesn't fit with the natural melody, then that clearly is more important. Um, and I'm not discounting that rhyming can have that sort of subtle tie-it-together effect that you don't necessarily notice but still is helpful, which is, again, why I am by no means anti-rhyming, just that it, 
on a on a scale of overrated to underrated, it is deeply in the overrated. But natural meter, in my opinion, with lyrics, should be seen like a requirement, whereas rhyming should be seen more as a bonus than it is a requirement. Because if your song rhymes, but the meter is a mess. Everybody will notice, and it will be super awkward, and it will be awful. Just terrible. Because the syllables don't match, or the melody isn't matched up with a natural meter that may exist in your lyrics. And that will result in a total mess that everybody will notice, and will be probably overtly bad. Depending on how, how off the meter is, obviously. The tighter the meter, I think, the better. But natural meter should be seen as a requirement, whereas rhyming should be seen more as a bonus. Because a song can have no rhyming and still be perfectly fine. A song cannot have basically no meter and be fine. It would not be fine. It would be so awful. I mean, that's, that's just basic talking at that point, right? There needs to be a, you've got the wings to fly, so carry on your way, right? Like, that, that's it. It has a lyrical, otherwise it's just prose writing, right? A song is not prose writing. A song is not just take a paragraph from a novel and literally just, like, put a melody on it, right? Like, it doesn't work that way. And if you abandon meter, that's basically what you're doing, right? You're just taking words that have no you're not paying attention at all to the natural emphases of them and the natural rhythm of them. Like you've got the wings to fly. So carry on your way, right? That's in every other, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two. So if you don't have that, it will quickly become a mess. So you got to make sure that the rhythm and the pattern of the words are a, what you would consider like in meter, as in like you, you have a meter that you stick with. So if your verse is one, two, one, two, one, two, first line, and then the second line is that again, and the third line is that again, and then the last one is one, two, one, two, and that's it, then the next verse should follow the same pattern, or the next half of the verse should follow that same pattern. Sometimes you can move out of that a little bit, right? So, for example, maybe the first one you want one, two, one, two, one, two, the first three lines, and then the last time it's one, two, one, two, or one, two, one. But then the second time you actually have all four be one, two, one, two, one, two, or whatever it is. But there needs to be some pattern to it. And then that pattern should complement and work with the melody. And if you have that down, then having a rhyme is just frosting. Which, hey, frosting is great. I love frosting, if it's good frosting anyway. Um, which, by the way, on that, I used to love buttercream frosting, but I feel like the last several times I've had it, I feel like it's just too much. It's just, it's so overtly sugary. And I know that, like, basically any candy, which I love plenty of candy, like Skittles and Starburst, is literally just like, hey, you want some more sugar with that flavored sugar? Um, but there's something about buttercream frosting. There are good ones out there, but some of them are just too sweet and still better than that whipped cream garbage. But anyway, so I, I mean, like, 
let, let's take this for an example. Let's take, I wish that I could soar and get away from here. Doesn't rhyme, but it sounds lyrical, right? Because it has meter. I wish that I could soar and get away from here. What if we changed it to, I wish that I could soar and get away from the seashore? All of a sudden, it just sounds like bad, right? Like b beyond just the fact that that turns into a, a, a kind of dumb lyric. Besides all of that, it just sounds awkward, right? I wish that I could soar and get away from the seashore. Like you can tell that I'm cramming something in there that does not belong. It doesn't sound right. But that one actually has like perfect rhyme, right? Soar, seashore. Soar, shore. That's, that's a perfect rhyme right there. Soar and here had no rhyme at all. I wish that I could soar and get away from here. Sounds much more lyrical than I wish that I could soar and get away from the seashore. Just because everything's wrong. All of the emphases are wrong. It has too, too many, too many syllables. It doesn't fit with the sort of established um, meter of it. Uh, so just a little example of sort of what I'm talking about. Tip number two. Oh, last thing. Limiting word choice by syllables and emphases will be a heck of a lot less limiting than perfect rhyme. Because realistically, like 99% of the words that exist, which are a ton, are like four syllables or less. Maybe even three, probably over 90% of the words that we use are three syllables or less. Like most words are three syllables or less. And within that, there's only so many combinations of where the emphases can be. And especially when we're talking one and two syllable words, like <laughs> even easier, right? Um, and, and also there are some words where like it depends on context, whether it's emphasized, right? It certainly is not always the same. Um, now, if we take my name, right, Joseph, it's not Joseph, right? That, that's wrong. It's, it's always going to be Joseph. So it, the first syllable is emphasized. There are words like that. And then there are words that usually, usually like single syllable words, right? They can sort of function as either. Now, it'd be weird to emphasize, uh, we'll take the example, I wish that I could soar. It makes sense that the emphases would be on wish I soar. If the emphases were on I that could, that would be like, really? I wish that I, I can't even do it because <laughs> it's just so unnatural, right? Like, so single syllable words often can get away with, um, some of them can, can operate either way. Usually a word is either, uh, it can be emphasized or it cannot be emphasized or it's just a word that just shouldn't be emphasized. Um, tends to be the way. Rather than one that like must, if it's single syllable, I, I'm not sure that there's one that like must be emphasized. Although usually it's, it's, it's something that that probably will come relatively intuitive to you, like which ones should. Sort of like, I didn't really have to think about like, I wish that I could soar. Like it, it's intuitive to me and it probably is to you that like, I that could should not be the emphases. Like it just seems wrong. Because even even just talking the sentence, I wish that I could soar. Right? It's it's in there. 
I wish that I could so, like it you can tell that wish and soar are the stars of the story and then I is maybe debatable in there but I wish that I could soar wish and soar stick out but anyway that's tip number one number two write a lot more than you keep often the key to good writing is just writing more <laughs> write more versions have more iterations your second verse is probably no good because of the first draft Rewrite it seven more times, 20 more times, and see how much closer you get. I've talked about this before. I mean, I call it second first hell because it's it's just it's just a horrible, horrible place where like sometimes the second verse is just takes forever to get right. There's a lot of reasons for that. I think it's the the hardest part of the story to get right. Uh, because usually your second verse isn't concluding the story, it's continuing the story. Uh, it's also not starting the story. I think starting and ending a story is easier than the middle. So I think that's a part of it. A part of it is that usually we wrote our first or third verse first. Uh, because if we have a third verse, probably that's closing the song and we know where the story needs to end. Um or the first verse often is written first simply because it is the first part of the song. And while we don't have to write a song in order, and most of the time or half the time I don't, um, it is pretty common to sort of start with first verse and chorus. And then from there, you know, maybe you write a bridge before you write the second verse and all that. Um, but it's pretty common to write the first verse, well, before your second verse. And because of all those reasons, I think it, it, it sort of just because once you have a verse, Right now you're constrained. You already have a meter that you need to use, right? You already have a chord progression. You already have a melody. The only thing you're doing is swapping out the words. But when I say only thing you're doing, of course, that is a more difficult thing to do because you're already, you're much more constrained than you were in the first verse. In the first verse, you got to create the meter around the words that you wanted to say. The second verse, you're constrained by an already existing meter that's being enforced on you and now you have to write totally different lyrics that fit within that framework so it's harder but one of the best solves is simply just writing more being willing to just at least mentally throw the last one in the trash and start over because in today's day and age, there's no reason to lose any of your progress, right? So I, I, it's very common for me to have my like working lyric document where it's like 10 plus pages. Now, it's all going to get whittled down to one page or maybe two uh, for more wordy lyrics. But it's just because some, some days my, my task is simply like, hey, the second verse isn't working. Write a whole bunch of different versions. Iterate on it, right? Maybe try just, maybe the first two lines are good, but the second two lines kind of repeat the first two lines or the second two lines are just really dumb and clunky and feel, you know, embarrassing. I think I talked about this recently. I forget if it was in a video or in a, a podcast, but, you know, look for the part that makes you cringe, <laughs> Right. If, if you cringe at your own lyric, that's 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 the spot to work on. Um, now, of course, that that's that's hoping that you have a refined uh, cringe, 
cringe meter within you. <laughs> I don't know what the right word is for that, but um, but for the most part, we 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 can. If we're honest with ourselves, we can tell, right? We we see the part where we're like, eh, eh, that's kind of you know, kind of cringe or really cringe. And you know that's that's the part then to well write a new version, just just write another one. So don't be afraid to write ten plus pages worth of lyrics to only keep the one page that you're gonna need for your final song. Um, I had a whole episode, I believe, uh, maybe it was a video, not sure, but I think it was a podcast episode about don't write a first draft. And the whole point of that was when you think of a first draft, let's take a school paper, right? If it's a three-page school paper that you need to write, you probably write a three-page draft. Or often people go the opposite direction. You know, your paper needs to be five pages, but your first draft, you just have three. And you're like, oh, I'll throw fluff in there and puff it up to be five. When it comes to songwriting, we need to see it the opposite way. Um, authors often will do something where they write a first draft chapter and then throw it out because often a good first chapter is sort of a natural second chapter. What I mean by that is usually a story is 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 best served by like just dropping you right into the action, um, which sometimes is not what your first nature is to do, right? You want to start with like, okay, here's the world and here's the people and they're hanging out and they're about to go on a mission. That's a natural place to start, right? But really, usually books and movies are better if you're just dropped right into the action. Great example of this, uh, Star Wars Episode Three. In Star Wars Episode Three, you know, it has the title part, and then boom, space battle. Anakin and Obi-Wan are in this massive space battle. We don't know why yet. We don't, it just drops you right into the action, right? Gets you right in. Um, so anyway, but but authors overall basically also would write more or less the amount of chapters they need in their first draft. So I think when we think first draft, we think, oh, write the amount that will at least close, maybe a couple chapters more, maybe you know 10% more, maybe 10% less, maybe 25% less if it's a school paper, maybe 25% more if we're generous or it's easy for us to get a little too wordy. Uh, but we really can't and shouldn't take that attitude into lyric writing. You know, your your final product, we need to see it Totally differently Um, because at the end of the day, we need one highly, highly refined page of lyrics. Again, maybe two. We'll call it one to keep it simple, though. Most, Most are probably one. That's all you need at the end of the day. It's not like a book where you're going to end up with, you know, thousands of pages or hundreds of pages thousands if you're Stephen King, but for everybody else, hundreds. Um, So the amount of refinement that's necessary there is probably a little less, right? If you have one slightly clunky worded paragraph somewhere, it's not the end of the world. If you take a little too much time to do some exposition, it's not the end of the world because there's a whole book. If one chapter is a little off, eh. but our lyrics, we have, we have one page. And even that one page is not really a full page, right? It's it's with the lyrics over to the left, not taking up even half the page across, right? We're, we're talking about, like, if we wrote them as sentences, it's a paragraph. So our goal is to write a lot and then find some of the best parts and then refine the crap out of it. 
don't be afraid to write more and more and more. Now, once you hit 20 pages, maybe now it's time to ask yourself, all right, should I be ref- – is one of these close enough to start refining? Because I think that can be one of the difficult parts of lyric writing and, and any anything creatively really is knowing – when you're at the point where you should still be drafting, where you should still be write, making a new version, where you should still crumple a piece of paper metaphorically and go to the next one, and when to take what you have and actually refine or edit what you have into something good. Uh, the good news is you can say to yourself, oh, I'm going to refine this into something good, realize that you feel like you can't, and then then go back to the drawing board. Mentally, I think sometimes that weighs a lot on people and they're less willing to do that, but you can and you should if necessary. But it's better to write more, like the 10 plus pages. I'd even encourage you, like, aim for five. Like, legitimately consider making it somewhat a rule for yourself that you write, uh, let's say, three or four pages worth of lyrics before you are allowed to start editing. Just because it's, I think that's a decent jumping off point. And probably if you're editing before that, you haven't done enough. Now there are exceptions to that, right? If the muse comes and visits you and you're super inspired and you write a great song in 30 minutes while you're sitting at the piano, you know, one of those stories um, I believe we talked about last week, that's different. But for your average song, uh, make sure you're hitting at least like four pages worth of lyrics before you start jumping into editing. So it's always better to write more and get at least closer to where you want to go. Do more discovery. Try different versions of, say, the first verse and what exactly needs to be talked about, what setting needs to be uh, given, what background uh, people need before the chorus. Um, you know, even trying different stories that revolve around the chorus. If you already have a chorus, you know what the main theme is. You know, there could be many different stories that 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 have that theme. So, you know, maybe even just the perspective you took. You know, maybe you chose first person, but it would work better in third person. So you sort of rework the whole first verse in third person instead of first person because first person wasn't quite working. But overall, it's better to write more and be closer to where you want to go than it is to jump into editing too soon. Be very, very cautious of like making sure you don't jump into editing too soon. Be willing to write more and slowly move into the editing process. Also, don't be afraid to intermix them later down the line. Don't say to yourself, like, okay, I'm done writing, now I'm just editing. Right? Sometimes you'll say... You know, hey, I'm editing, and you can edit the chorus into something really great, but then the second verse is like, man, I, I just keep editing this, and it's not going anywhere. Go back to the drawing board, then. Go back and go back to rewriting. Tip three, break the process down into steps. I already hinted at this one, but best way to reduce overwhelm in anything, basically, is to reduce into smaller steps. And in general, just to accomplish something, the best way to do it or one of the better ways to do it. Uh, I don't know about the single best way, but a great way to make it not seem impossible and something that you're going to give up on easily is to break it down into small steps. Let's take, for example, I'm going to write a 
word novel this year. Seems pretty daunting, doesn't it? A 100,000 word novel this year. What about, I'm going to write an average of 275 words a day for a year. Those are the same. <laughs> Actually, the 275 is a bit higher. Taking 365 days, I believe the math was something like 273.9 words a day. Uh, and yet somehow, and I'm going to assume that you feel the same way, saying 275 words a day, that to me sounds like nothing. I mean, I don't know if you know how few words 275 is, but like not many. <laughs> it's has not much at all. Um, I think that's like two paragraphs, it's like half a page, something like that. Um, maybe a page, maybe a page. So basically nothing. 100,000 words in a year. That sounds like a lot. And yet 275 words a day is actually more. So just breaking it down into smaller steps can be a great way to make what you're trying to accomplish more manageable. It makes it less likely that you're going to quit. Uh, because I don't know about you, but if I'm a few days in and I'm like, man, I still have 99,900 words left to write, I'm probably going to quit. It's a lot. It's daunting. But if I just say, oh, another day, 275 words, that, not so daunting. So a novel is more extreme, right? But we can take the same principles. So breaking down our songwriting process, and instead of staring at a blank page and say, I don't know what I'm going to write about today, but I'm going to write a lyric today. Like, but you don't even know what it's about. So, you know, you have to come up with an idea. Then you have to not only write that idea and write off of that idea, but you have to write off of that idea in a lyrical way with meter and possibly with rhyme. So you're basically asking yourself to improvise poetry. That is a tall, tall ask. But what if we just break it down and we say, you know what? I have 15 minutes. I have 20 minutes. I'm going to just gather ideas. I'm going to sit and open up my idea document and just write ideas that I have. Think about interesting things people have said to me recently. Think about interesting movie plots or characters that I think would be interesting to write something from their point of view. Or just try to think about something philosophical. Do what, I, I don't think this is a real word, but I call it philosophizing. It's, it's basically just like sitting down and thinking deep thoughts and just writing them. Like literally trying to like come up with philosophies, come up with analogies for things. Think about ways to explain things like you know, a, a different imagery of what it feels like when, you know, you, you know that, say, a breakup was a good thing. You do know that, um, but it still feels crappy and you still wish it didn't happen, even though you objectively can see, like, that this is a good thing. Um, and you just think about, like, okay, what, 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 what symbols does that remind me of? Or what, what is a imagery that that makes me think of? And you just go down this path of, of sort of coming up with ideas. And sometimes even 
You can even do things like go to like word of the day and then or, or, or think of a word that you, you find interesting and then go to thesaurus.com or relatedwords.com and look for related things. And then you just keep migrating from one word to the next until you find one that you find interesting and compelling. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm a big fan of the word delusion. Um, the word delusional is just is just I, I like that word. Uh, so back in the day, I wrote a song called Delusion off of like, I thought, oh, that'd be a cool song title. And I like talking about delusion. And I also had a, a sort of a story that was happening in my life at the time that had to do with delusion. So it all kind of fit together. And that comes from just sitting down and thinking, oh, that's a cool word. I, what can I do with that? And there's no pressure to this step because you're just coming up with ideas. That's it. You don't have to develop the idea. You don't even have to know where the idea is going. You just write down ideas. Low pressure, easy to do, and ideas are cheap. Or you can sit down and just develop an idea. You take an idea that you like, such as delusion, and from there you create another document and you just do some prose writing, right? So maybe basically like a journal entry, right? So in my case, delusion was about a... Uh, well, a certain someone who, in my opinion, had delusional ideas of how life works. Uh, you know, sort of the typical um, person who just, like, believes in the one and that everything will be perfect and great and it will all make sense and it will always feel good and be amazing and warm, fuzzy feelings forever if somebody is the one, which is totally mythical and, like, made up by Disney movies. Like it's like there's no there's no there's no reason at all in any legitimate worldview to believe that like there is there is one person and you must find that one person and you couldn't possibly be with anybody else. And there's one person made just for you. Like, no, no. <laughs> where, where does this idea come from? Again, the answer is actually Disney movies. Um I mean, it was probably before that, but like, it's just like this made up non. Anyway, whatever. I don't want to rant about that too long. <laughs> but anyway, so the song Delusion was developed over that idea, right? So you, what does it start with? Well, you can find picture, find pictures that that either make you have the emotion that you're trying to go for. So that Delusion song ended up being a kind of bitter sounding song about uh, you're so delusional. Uh, which the word delusion itself sounds bitter. There's just something inherently bitter about about that word, which is probably why I like it. But <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, developing an idea, right? Just prose writing where you're just sort of thinking out loud. You're journaling about this idea. You're throwing ideas around. You're, you're not editing yourself. You're basically just writing, improvising words, th thinking about like, oh, well, I could have this symbol and, or, or maybe you're just doing a fake journal entry like I can't believe she she would would leave over something so ridiculous. What did I do? What have I all I did was love you for blah, 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 you know, whatever. And you just write. Right. And maybe within that you'll even have a perfect line or a good title if what the original idea was wasn't necessarily a title. Maybe even a story outline. It will give you an idea of where the story will go. And again, it's low pressure, right? You're basically just doing a journal entry. And it might not be from your point of view, right? It could be from somebody else's point of view. But it's, it's effectively 
like writing in a journal in the way that like you don't you know you don't edit yourself in a journal you're not overthinking every word you write right because as you're writing in the journal the idea is nobody's ever going to read this so you just say what you're thinking and and you write it in the way that you know we talk out loud like, there's only so much editing you can do when you're talking in real time and then from there now that you have sort of this prose writing that sort of developed the idea, fleshed it out a little bit, maybe you have some pictures that inspire you either to the feeling of the song or, you know, it, it could be a picture literally of the concept that you're talking about. Like if the song is about being lonely on a mountain and you find some picture of like a, a hut covered in snow all alone in a Himalayan mountain or something, boom, right? Like that will probably take you right to that. And it gives you some imagery to work off of. And maybe you'll end up with sort of imagery that evokes a small hut that's in the Himalayas cover, covered in in snow, right? Uh, which actually sounds pretty dope. I, somebody should write that. But um, I mean, not explicitly talking about huts and all that, but but just that, that, that imagery does it for me. I'm just saying. Um, should you care? No. <laughs> but maybe I should do it. Um, and then from there, anybody who's been here before knows my love of iterative lyric editing. It's just the idea of cycling over, but by section first, you say, what's the weakest section? Okay. Let me work on that section. What's the weakest line? Okay. Let me work on that line. What's the weakest word? What's a word that I cringe a little bit or I'm like, eh, it's kind of lame. And then you go to thesaurus.com and try to find other words that, that maybe might be more precise and better. But you'll notice that overall, we're sort of funneling from big picture to small picture, right? Where at first we're starting with just gathering ideas. Right? That's as big picture as it gets. It's basically, you know, song title level, the thing that, that encompasses the entire song. And then we're developing the idea, right? So we're just sort of De developing off of that big idea. Then lyric writing is obviously smaller, so starting to write lyrics, that's smaller. And then once we're at the point of li iterative lyric editing where we're literally looking at, you know, the weakest line in the weakest section of our song, and from there we're looking at the weakest word specifically because we're like, man, I just hate that I use the word, I don't know, hate. It seems so lame in this context. It's not really what I'm trying to say. Oh, what I'm really trying to say is bitter or or uh, malice or something. And also, this just gives you focus. When you break things down into steps like this, it just it gets you very focused on trying to do a singular thing well. And you're not worried about all the different things like sitting, coming up with an idea, writing lyrics, improvising poetry so you're thinking about good idea trying to figure out a good idea while also trying to figure out a good way to word that idea while also trying to figure out the good symbolisms to use within that lyric that you're improvising it's just asking yourself to do too much if you just gather ideas and then from there you're developing the idea and you're not trying to write lyrics yet because you still haven't developed enough to figure out where the lyrics are going to go and then you know, even with writing lyrics, if you expect yourself to write lyrics that are good rather than edit lyrics into something good, then again, you're still kind of asking yourself to improvise poetry. You're improvising poetry after 
you've done some background work to at least know generally where you're going with it, which is good. Um, but it's still probably a tall ask. Whereas knowing that it's not going to be great and you're going to refine and edit it down and get s- s- more and more granular about what it is you're editing uh, r- really frees you up at each stage. Um, and at least for me has been super helpful. And honestly, those steps I just talked about are some of the steps in the six step lyric writing checklist. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. Uh, those are some of those steps that I talk about in there because, well, <laughs> they're steps that I use all the time and they've been super helpful to me. So I imagine they will be helpful to you as well. Be sure to check it out. Songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Every single one of you, I appreciate all of you have taken the time to leave kind reviews on Apple Podcasts. Boom. Got it this time. Um, And also, I think there are reviews on Spotify and stuff like that. So no matter where you leave a review, I very much appreciate that. That means a lot to me. I appreciate the fact that you just give this podcast a shot. Hopefully you learned something today. Hopefully this inspires you to break down your lyric writing process into steps, write more than you keep, and also maybe maybe learn to not overrate rhyming as much as at least the average songwriter seems to. And hey, maybe you already didn't overrate it. And, and also to be clear, you know, there's, there's probably a range here of what's acceptable. I, th- I think it is true that most songwriters would agree. I've, I've even seen other videos on it. I thought I was sad because I thought I was like the only person saying this. And then I learned that some other people have said this too. I think there was like a Berkeley video on it. Um, but it, it is like a common thing that especially novice songwriters way over rhyme and way overemphasize rhyming. Um, now, where exactly rhyming fits ultimately, um, you know, there's there's some nuance there. I probably lean towards caring less about rhyming. I'm probably on the on the the lesser end of the spectrum of what I think is is probably appropriate. Um, and then there's people like Train, which are clearly lost their minds. Um, hey, how about that? I hate it on Train twice, and no hate for Taylor Swift. I'm growing as a person, guys. Growing as a person. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you in the next one.